This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 195 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of boxing. Hope you're well. Thank you so much for your company. If this is the first time you've stumbled across us, you can subscribe on iTunes. If you do subscribe, uh, please write us a little review. It helps us with our visibility in the iTunes chart. Uh, you can get our Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, we're also all over social media this week, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and I encourage you to sign Fight up. Fight week. Fight week. I, I encourage you to sign up to our uh, Facebook page because we will uh, be uh, reposting some of our videos of At Home with Tony Bellew. And, of course, we will be in London this week, building up to the big show at uh, the O2 Arena between Bellew and Hare. And therefore, there'll be videos on there for you to uh, consume from backstage at the O2 Arena if you're not going down there yourself. All right. So make sure you subscribe and follow on all those uh, relevant social media channels. What's with a deep voice, man? Fight week. What's that all about? Huh? Eh? You're Just take, excited. You're taking. On, that's not an excited voice. I'm reading your. I'm reading your. Uh, I'm reading your. I know, but I'm trying to do it in a heavyweight voice because it's heavyweight. Fight week. Mm. I'm getting excited because I got your tweet yesterday, which I didn't even bite on. Sorry, but it just said. All capitals, fight week. That's it, isn't it? It's like, well, it didn't really start on Monday in theory, but go on. I'll go with it. Just because I made Why a... were you in fight week mode yesterday? Anyway? I was Why making did you videos. send me that message? Because I was making videos. I sent you a video oh, shit, straight Oh, yeah, you sent me the little video. Fucking yeah, hell, yeah. did you not get the second bit? I sent. Um, I was making little videos of uh, obviously getting involved with fight week. And because I was making videos, I was in fight week mode. So I sent you a video. Just to get you pumped up. Thanks. It did. It worked. Are you in the mood? I'm in the mood. I'm in Big the mood. Too. in the mood. Well, we're going to be talking about Bell UA a little bit later on in the show. However, I want to start with the biggest news. Forget the fights. Not interested in the fights. This, as you will have seen, if you have downloaded this episode, you will have seen the title of the episode is this. Show me the money. That's right. The reason why we've called it Show Me the Money is because uh, I've got some exclusive footage or some exclusive audio. I was going to say footage may not work, but audio, let's roll. I've got some exclusive audio of a conversation that took place uh, between Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua. Who's in Morocco. Okay, so we hacked Eddie's phone. Is yeah. that what's happened here? Thurs- okay. Thursday of last week, mm-hmm. I have got some exclusive audio from a conversation off the back of Deontay Wilder's $50 million offer. Uh, so this is uh, a little clip of a conversation that took place between Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua uh, moments after Eddie made a phone call to AJ in the light of that $50 million offer uh, from Deontay Wilder. Pay close attention. I mean, the line's a little bit blurry. There's a little bit of music in the background. So just pay full attention uh, to this conversation between Eddie and AJ. Say it with me one time, Jerry. Show you the money. Oh, no, no. You can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you. with me, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I'm going to hear you say it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Come on, Eddie. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Congratulations, you're still my agent. <laughs> I love the way uh, AJ calls Eddie Jerry. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd do. It's ambassador of Quan, baby. That's it, ambassador of Quan. <laughs> Show me the money. I'll tell you something. When that dropped last week, and um, I actually was up in uh, around midnight when Deontay Wilder dropped that video, and I thought to myself, yes, Deontay, absolutely tremendous. Drop it right in the court. Then by Friday, I'm like going, Deontay, you are full of shit. What the fuck? You can't come out, right, and come up with a big, big statement like this. You can't be playing the big boy and then refuse to meet people in order to make that deal. You don't go buying a house without having a fucking survey, do you? Absolutely. You can't be making, I'll Nonsense. offer you 50 million, the money's in the bag. I don't, I don't need proof of funds for me. I know Eddie's mentioned that. I don't need proof of funds. You could be getting a longer fucking payday loan deal for all I care. I don't care how you're paying for it. Yep. Get signed a contract. Have it overwritten by law, so therefore it is law abiding. Yep. Everybody signs the deal. Yeah, but there is no contract. That's yeah, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So from his point of view, you can't say, I'll pay you 50 million, and then everybody accept, just think, yeah, all right, he's going to pay me 50 million, and off a fucking handshake. It's 50 million dollars, man. Exactly. You've got to have a I contract. Have it. Exactly. I may as well have offered it. I'll fight you for 50 million. I ain't got fucking 50 million, but I'm going to fight you for 50 million. <laughs> get the contract, get it signed. Everybody's happy. 
And I don't give a fuck how much money the fight makes that from there on in, you owe him $50 million. It don't matter how much you make, you owe him $50 million. You can't just say it and then not have a meeting to back up the T's and the C's. Yep. We're talking about $50 million, man. Exactly. We're not talking about a fiver, are we? Uh, but do you know what? If Floyd Mayweather talked like that, you'd be like, okay, where do I sign? Because I know he's got the money in the bank. I know he can back that shit up. He, he deals in fights as big as, if not far bigger than 50 million paces. Deontay Wilder's never even dreamt of $50 million. Never mind. And that's without him taking a penny, by the way. Mm. Just the guy, you know, he was going to fight for $8 million in fucking Russia or whatever it was. The, the most guy he's ever been paid is $2.5 million. That's what I mean. So how can he then get on Instagram or whatever and go, yo, I've got $50 million in a bag, when he literally hasn't got $50 million in a bag? He's like, it's in a bag, baby. No, it isn't. There is no bag. Mm. There is no money. Mm. Where the fuck is it? And I get why Eddie was like, man, okay, yeah, cool, all day. And they were like, oh, yeah, you've got 24 hours to agree. Why? But that's first, my first question is, why? If it's legit, why put 24 hours on it? Yeah. Why? No no business deal was ever done by someone going, I'll give you 50 million, and you've got 24 hours to say yes or no. For example, me and you, right, we could have a great idea for Fight Disciples. I'll tell you yeah. what we're going to do. We're going to set up a TV studio. That's what we're going to do. We ain't got the money to set that TV studio up. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to the bank, my friend. Yeah. We're going to come up with a business plan. We're going to sit with the bank manager. We're going to go through the T's and C's. He ain't going to shake my hand there and then. He's going to go away and speak to his partners and all that type of stuff. And then he's going to come back a couple of weeks later and, and say, say listen. No. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably saying, no, I'm not fucking giving money to you two jokers. What are you talking about? <laughs> but then he's going to go, what about this? What about that? What about this? And put, put Exactly. And then you have a negotiation period. That's life. And That's then we business. all shake our hands. We all walk away. And then we all go, fucking sound as. That's exactly. what happens, man. You don't walk in a bank and go, <laughs> I'm not asking for 50 million either. <laughs> I'm just asking for a few quid. I want 50 grand to build a studio. And the bank manager goes, well, and you go, no, no. You've got 20 minutes to give us an answer now. It's it's bullshit. It's, it's utter bullshit. And then the fact that Eddie was like, it's cool. I'm meeting with Shelley Finkel th- on Thursday. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, I'm in there anyway. And he went, yeah, yeah. We're going to push the meeting back till Friday. So Eddie's like, okay, whatever. 10.30 Friday morning then, and we'll talk about it then. And then they come out in the press and go, no, nah, Eddie doesn't even want it. He doesn't, he's not interested. He doesn't, he, they, we're, not, we're not meeting with him to talk about this. The offer's there. No, it isn't. No, it ain't there. It's fucking nonsense. You've just fucking said it on Instagram. <laughs> the offer's not there. You may as well have said 50 billion. Yeah. 50 billion, I'll AJ. Give 50, I'll give you 50 billion, AJ. I'm not <laughs> going to tell you it. what. I'll give Deontay 50 billion. Yeah. There you go. I'll make the fight myself. I, that's it. I'll I'll pay you fifty billion to come and fight me at the Liverpool Echo Arena. Right. That's it. You've got ten minutes. <laughs> You've got ten minutes. Bomb squad <laughs> to accept. Fucking bong squad. Jesus Christ! It's just it, utter nonsense. Yeah, but that's it. It's effect. We're not daft. Fight fans aren't daft. I know there's a fucking um, obviously this uh, Eddie Hearn loving or whatever it may be in the UK from a lot of people, but you've got to be on his side on this. Of course, you can't accept. Any type of deal like that, if there's not a contract, yeah, you have absolutely. to. Absolutely. So therefore, it's kind of tainted Deontay Wilder's reputation a little bit, or the team around him's. The guy's reputation never a earned bit. anywhere near to fifty million his entire career. Mm. How can he then offer it as a purse to Anthony Joshua with no details of what you've got to do to earn it? Because they could go, you know, let's say they went, all right, then yeah, we're doing it. You know, verbally, this is a verbal contract. Yeah, we're doing it. Send the contract over. We're doing it. Fifty million. It's happening. You pick the venue. You pick the date. You pick everything. We'll we'll come out second. You just pay. Or 50 we'll million. come out first. You choose the go. Whatever, whatever you want to do, Deontay. Let's do it. You just guarantee me fifty million. And then the contract comes in, and it's like Anthony Joshua's got to go on fucking every chat show the week of the fight. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. He's got to do. Got to fly. He's got to be there. He's got to make a. Yeah. He's got to make eleven stone six. He's got to. It, it could. There's got to be a contract. It's got to be in black and white to go, these are the terms and conditions of you earning a guaranteed 50 million. Mm. Problem is, they can't guarantee him 50 million because mm. there isn't that kind of interest in the fight no. yet. Mm. Certainly not from Deontay Wilder's point of view. Anthony Joshua yeah, yeah. brings a 50 million roadshow to the table. Does he, though? Deontay Wilder does not. Does he? I mean, in total. Right. I mean, a full pace well, for everybody to share. I started thinking about this 50 million, right? Because 50 million at a scrape at this moment in time. Yeah. At a scrape is probably what the fight's worth. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So therefore, Deont- in total. So, so Deontay yeah. makes nothing. Yeah, he makes absolutely zero. Zero. So it's, you know, unless- and the TV, crew, the TV, you do the pay-per-view, they make zero. Yeah. Uh, Shelley Finkel, Al Heyman, they make zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, the only person that comes out of this fight with this current shout, would be AJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he would literally be like, count, they'd be counting cents and dollars on the final day. Pennies. Going, yeah. Pennies it Wait over a minute. the line. We sold 200 hot dogs. Get the hey, hot dog money. Shelly, <laughs> Shelly, if you got $20, man, we're a bit short. <laughs> 
Saying to AJ, wait a minute, you got a hot shower after the fight, so we're taking Whoa, money off yeah, for the yeah, hot yeah. shower. Not like, it, not like in Rocky when he fights Spider or whatever, and he's taking the money off for your trainer, for your bag, for Get your shower. Get him an Uber to the venue. Get him an Uber. <laughs> not, not an Uber next. Whoa, just a basic whoa, Uber. Whoa, whoa, settle down, son. He can share it. Get him a pool car. <laughs> 50 million. Get the fuck. I know, man. Nonsense. I know. Anyway, um, we've still got a week. May the 5th is actually uh, WBA. Yeah, uh, Perspid, That's uh, where we're going to end up going, isn't it? Pavetkin, isn't it? We'll come on to it later. I thought I thought we were getting set up by Eddie to see Big Baby winning style on Saturday night and Big Baby versus AJ will, will be announced this weekend. He'll fly Big Baby into Hey Bell, you will get a bit of a head-to-head. I thought that's what we want to happen. But to be honest, after Big Baby's performance on Saturday night, we'll come on to it later in the show. I don't think that's the way they're going to go. I think we may actually go down a Pavetkin route. Mm. It's a bigger sell now because of the way they dismantled David Price. Mm. Do you reckon they do, they do that in America to build a little bit of AJ's profile? I think they've got to, to ever, to ever aspire towards this 50 million deal. A lot of Russians in New York, isn't there? You know well, what I mean? So that East could... Coast's perfect. It's perfect. There's loads of Eastern Europeans along the East Coast yeah, yeah. and all that. You know, there's shitloads of Russian gangsters running around New York with loads of money. You know, they would sell out the Barclays Centre. They'd sell out Madison Square Garden. Mm. Not a problem. I think to ever dream and get close to this 50 million paycheck for AJ. And by the way, he will earn 50 million for a fight one time in his career. Absolutely. Um, But to ever get near that, he's got to fight in America. It's got to be on American pay-per-view. That's where the big money is. Mm. And I think Pavetkin versus AJ. November, New York. Starting to sound really good to me, but you reckon August, probably back end of August, August twenty fifth, maybe New Barclays Centre in New York for a little bit of uh, AJ's American debut. Well, That's I'm, what they're talking. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be that soon. To be honest, I think it might be a little bit later in the year. Do you reckon? I say I think it might be a little bit more towards the end of the year because right. I don't think the Wilder fight makes makes any sense yet until until probably two thousand nineteen. Mm. Okay. Uh, Eddie's, by the way, going to be announcing in a couple of weeks' time. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but he's going to be announcing a new TV deal uh, in the states, which is a game changer of it. Yeah, it's a streaming for, service. For matching boxing. Yeah, it's a streaming service is what he's going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, Rumours are that it may be Amazon or a YouTube, something like that. Wow, fucking hell. Amazon would be would be pretty huge. Mm. Uh, so we will keep you posted with that over the uh, over the next couple of weeks. See, uh, that, the, what, what that does, you see, that completely and utterly legitimises matching boxing. USA as a brand, mm. Matchroom Boxing USA as a brand. Because at the moment, it's Matchroom Boxing dipping their toe into the UFC with cards like Saturday Night. Mm. They need to have a co-promoter. They need to have a, a you know it was a HBO deal for the fight and stuff like that. But it was very much an American card underneath with Eddie Hearn sitting ringside. Mm. Um, they need an American TV deal to be able to really make an impact and to compete with the likes of Top Rank and Golden Boy and everybody else over there. They need a TV deal. And something like Amazon, mm. which doesn't just restrict us to the US, but is a global market, mm. I mean, that, that would be Eddie once again pushing the ball mark. And listen, we ain't, we ain't an Eddie Hearn wankoff show, far from it, but... At the end of the day, you've got it. If you if you come out of the weekend and you don't think Eddie Ains in the right and Deontay Wilder and Shelley Finkel and all them are, are being stupid and are in the wrong, then there's something wrong with you. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the card then at the weekend because I think the main um, shining star, I suppose, was Katie Taylor. Absolutely, she comes away, puts absolute manners on the longest reigning female uh, yep. world champion to unify her division. Won every round, mate. I, I, I watched it. and I was like, is this? She's brilliant. She is brilliant. She's on a different level. Yeah, she's on a different level. Fair play. And that's the crazy thing about it. You know, I thought Bustos, on paper, this is potentially Katie Taylor's toughest opponent mm. in this female lightweight division because she's been an established champion for so long. Um, and she'd had, you know, twice as many fights as Katie, well, three times as many fights as Katie Taylor. And you really thought, if there's ever a time Katie Taylor's going to get pushed, this is potentially it. But man, she cruised through it. She absolutely cruised through it. She's aggressive. Her footwork is excellent. Mm. Shot selection's mm. excellent. And I think with Katie Taylor is she's exciting as well. It's not like she just, you know... Oh, so there's, there's nastiness about people. Yeah, she's, yeah, look, she's just, looking to take someone out. But she'll, she'll take a shot as well. She's not, you know, she's not... She's not, she's not in there trying to avoid punches necessarily. Mm. She, she'll quite happily take a jab or take a, take a, take a shot to land a counter. Uh, and that's what I like about her. She's, she's an aggressive um, fighter with great... And do you know what? I'm starting to... I'm looking at Katie Taylor and I'm going, you'd fucking beat the shit out of quite a few male lightweights as well. Never mind female. Obviously, I never would never advocate that. But, man, she's she's that good. I'm thinking, fucking hell. She would do it in the man's world, 100%. Fair play. Absolutely sensational. Unifying her division. She's only been at this two minutes, the professional game, but uh, obviously an esteemed amateur. Nine uh, fights in. I know. Unified <sighs> champion. Uh, doing the business. Uh, sensational um, in New York from Katie Taylor. Then the other... Uh, a couple of fights that you probably pick out from 
from the New York card in particular would be obviously Daniel Jacobs getting a unanimous decision against uh, Selecki. Uh, Selecki down in the 12th round. This kind of went exactly how I, I imagined it to go. Selecki, obviously, he's a tough kid coming in there. Uh, Beat him. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. But there's levels to the game. He's a light middle, isn't he? Yeah, there's levels. He's a light middle contender who came up and, you know, was paid a decent payday. And I anticipated him to be tough. I anticipated it to go late. I thought that Jacobs would have got him out of there post eight rounds, right? Yeah. Um, so, the, so the victory for Jacobs is, is no surprise to me whatsoever. Uh, but I'm not going to go massively OTT on the Jacobs performance after this uh, particular fight. No. Um, mainly because I've seen him in with Triple G. I personally, as I've said on this podcast, thought that he beat Triple G. Yep. Now I'm getting uh, the old uh, saliva flowing in the mouth because I want a little bit of Jacob's Charlo. That's exactly what I want next. Let's make that fight. And there's rumours yep. that Eddie wants to sign the Charlo boys. So No shit. Let's make the fight, man. No shit. Eddie wants to sign the Charlo boys, the future of boxing. Mm. I uh, I would love to see Jacob's versus Charlo. I would literally swim the fucking Atlantic to see that fight because it's an absolute belter. I'm like you... I'm not going to beat up on Jacob's performance because I thought... He did what he needed. It's hard to get motivated after you fight Triple G for all the gold and you come so close and everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 this and that. And then you get put in there with a with a blown-up light middleweight, all the, even though he has got an undefeated record. And so, like, he went into it like I thought he would, like it was his fucking super world title fight, you know, and he started really brightly and there was times there when he when he had good success, but... I, I didn't have it as close as the as the Sky commentary team. I thought I had Jacobs a couple up going into the last couple of rounds anyway. Uh, and the knockdown obviously just completely satisfied yeah, yeah, yeah. the victory. But uh, I think Jacobs now to keep him motivated. Eddie's got to get him a, a, monster. a big fight. He's a got monster, to get him yeah. a Charlo. He's got to get him a Golovkin. He's got to get him a Canelo. He's got to get him a... You know, Billy Joe's probably impossible politically, but mm. that's the type of fights. They're the only they're the only four fights out there next for Daniel Jacobs, in my opinion. Mm. Big baby, what do you reckon? I think IJ would fucking absolutely destroy him and will destroy him mm. uh, if that fight still... You know, obviously, Jarrell Miller's been signed by Matchroom to make that fight, or he's been put on Matchroom cards anyway to make that fight. I thought he was wildly disappointing, but I think he went into this fight being told... If you win here, if you do, if you mate, beat, he won every round. Though. Happens, if you beat do happens, you're going to fight AJ next. He did win every round, but were you excited at any point in the fight? No. Did you get a, did you get going about it? I, I just think there's two guys out there who are not called Deontay Wilder um, that stack up better than Jarrell Miller for this fight. And Pavekin, after his performance game, Price, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was it was a good one. Uh, and Dillian White still stands up as a better better opponent than Jarrell Miller. I think Jarrell Miller is a 300-pound big baby. I think he's got potential there. I don't think he's ever going to be a world champion. I can see AJ teeing off on him and getting him out of there pretty comfortably, to be honest. I think Dillian White gets him out of there. I'd love to see Dillian White get the fight against big baby first. Hmm. I think if 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 um, AJ fights Povetkin, and I truly believe it will be Povetkin next, <clears throat> late summer, early autumn in, in New York City, what a sensational co-main that would be. Dillian White versus Jarrell Miller in a final eliminator. Mm. I know Dillian's got options when it comes to final eliminators anyway, but I just think him against Big Baby, there's no disputing it then. And to be honest, I think I think Dillian White gets Big Baby out of there too. Uh, Danny Art Yelenyusinov, um, who was on the undercard, made his professional debut. Obviously a guy that uh, we spoke about before because this is the guy that knocked... Uh, uh, Josh Kelly out of the Olympics in that first yeah. round. Fucking brilliant. Um, he signed to edit. He made his debut in New York at the weekend. I, I looked at it and I thought, he's just taking a little bit of time. Third round, he just thought, right, I'm here now. I've warmed up now. I know what I'm doing. The timing for the first knockdown, <laughs> it, mate, I didn't like even a, see it. Like a bullet out of a I gun. I didn't even see it on slow motion. Like a bullet out of a gun. It was absolutely outstanding. Uh, and then obviously he had... A, the, the key thing, what I, what I look at when amateurs turn over, are they nasty enough when they sniff blood? And he looked like he was cool, he was calm, he was collected. He didn't rush his work. And the way that he finished that off in the third round was absolutely top class. Okay, let's not get too excited because the kid that he was fighting against, yeah, all right, I think he'd won three, he'd drawn one. Kid was unbeaten. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not saying that he's setting the place on fire. No. Um, And it was a lovely debut. But again, I'm coming back to a rhetoric that we've had on the show many, many times. Let's not fuck about with him. Let's speed, speed him along. He's too good. He's yep. too good. Speed him along. Let's get him in with some proper talent. Yeah. 27-year-old super welterweight. It's a fucking super exciting division, but um, you listen of just looks like something a bit special, yeah. doesn't he? Again, yeah. yet another fucking Kazakh that just looks special. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if they got him out, if he came over to the UK and kept, was kept busy that way mm. because obviously Matchroom aren't doing enough US shows necessarily to support his development. 
but the US, the UK fans would go fucking mad for this guy as well. Get him on the Newcastle card, we'll on the undercard of get, Josh Kelly. Oh, get him on that. I never said that. I never said I'm that. I'm just you saying said it. it. Take him up to Newcastle. That's Fuck all I'm that. saying. Mate, Eddie's not daft. He will be as far away from Josh Kelly as humanly <laughs> possible for a long time yet. A long time yet. Listen, the fight of the weekend, mate, wasn't in New York. It wasn't on that card, okay? Uh, the fight of the weekend... And the performance of the weekend, by the way. Isaac Dogbo becoming Fuck world champion, beating me. Jesse Magdalena. Mate, the fight was brilliant. First and foremost, thank you, Box Nation, for picking this fight up. Thank you for mm. picking this up. Dogbo was sensational. The fight was sensational. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant. Down, If you haven't seen it, down in the first round, Dogbo. If you haven't seen it, go and fucking get it. Go and, watch go and it, download man. it. This is worth Box Nation subscription alone. Down in the first round, gathered his senses, put Magdalena down in the fifth round, finished it off in the 11th. It was absolutely outstanding performance from Wait, this kid. Man. When he got dropped in the first round, I thought, oh, here we go. It's all hype. Yeah. Here we go. You know, this is a, a for anyone who doesn't know, Dog Bob was born in Ghana but was raised in London. Was in the was in the ABA. He's boxed boxed. Uh, I think he won a London national title. I think he went to an ABA final actually. Mm. Um but he wasn't in Team GB, so he couldn't qualify for London twenty twelve. So he went back to his father's heritage and obviously where he was born, which was which was Accra Ghana, as I say, and he represented Ghana at London twenty twelve. Since then he's moved well, he he spends his time between Ghana and London training. His dad's his trainer. His mm, dad's not even mm. a fucking boxing coach. Yeah, I know. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant story. Anyway, he's built up a phenomenal eighteen and zero record. He gets a world title shot against Jesse Magdalano, who hasn't boxed for a long time since he beat uh, it'd been Denier, didn't he? Took yeah. the title off Denier. Yeah, yeah. He's like, been out of the ring for a long time, but they chose Dogbo as their next opponent. And when he was dropped in the first round, Adam, I thought, oh, fucking hell. I've been getting excited about this because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of ours is out there doing it. And uh, not that I'm from Accra, Ghana, but you know, <laughs> one, of us, one of us Brits. I is thought, out you there. know what I mean? You, you are looking a little bit more tan, mate. I thought that <laughs> you were giving it a bit. Uh, All this Wakanda stuff at the weekend, exactly. mate. I thought you were getting involved. That's it. <laughs> he was He was consensual. You're like the wanting. fucking Prince of Zamunda from coming to America, aren't you? You're like the Eddie Murphy version of it. <laughs> Suck the royal penis and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do you know what they were saying on the commentary though afterwards Stevie Bunsen that was saying on Box Nation they were saying after the knockdown the fight turned I thought it turned just before that I thought I, I thought he, he obviously dropped Magdalena in the fifth and then from then good luck finding a round that Magdalena won because uh, he dropped them fucking heavy. It was a heavy knockdown. Oh, Both feet came off the floor. The... But I thought about three or... I think about the oh. third round it turned for me. Certainly the fourth. I think I'd scored Dogbo, won the fourth round. Yeah. I thought it was a bit closer than they did. He didn't win anything. Uh, yeah. I didn't have I it a under... shutout yeah. for the first four. Did I didn't know? give Magdalena a shutout for the first four. No, I thought Dogbo was, was definitely in the fight. But that shot in the fifth round. Beautiful, fuck. It? I, again... Congrats on Magdalano just for getting up. Mm. It was like a rocky punch, wasn't it? With fucking spray of spit and all the saliva off his head and everything. Mm. And he just went down. Oh, man, he went down heavy. But he got up, but Dogbo didn't let him back into it. I thought Dogbo was... You know what was really impressive for such a young guy in a first world title fight? Obviously, it's out in Philadelphia. Massive bill, live TV around the world, ESPN, everything else. But Dogbo was so... He stuck to the game plan so well. Mm. And the game plan was, we're fighting a guy that's just beat Denier, mm. that's been called the golden boy, the future of the super bantamweight division. Heavy hands. Got heavy hands, but he's been out for a long time. So what's the one thing you do against someone that's been out for a long time? Mm. You wake the body, mm. you pound the body, and that's what Dogbo done brilliant. Mm. He wasn't just headhunting, he was fucking throwing big hooks to the body no, he's and softened Magdalena up. I thought it was outstanding. Potentially, if we can we call him British? No, we claim them. We're, we're British, aren't we? That's te- what them, we do. Them tennis lot claim fucking Andy Murray's English, this is don't what they? We do. We'll fucking claim him. It's like Lennox, isn't it? He's one of us. <laughs> we're, we'll claim him. Um, could be one of the best performances by a British boxer in history to go there and do it in the way he did then. Mm. Massive underdog. Certainly the best performance by a British boxer this year. When was. Um, when was Billy Joe? That was last Back year. Back in the last year, yeah. Back in December the last year. year. So Dogbo's raised the bar as far as I'm concerned. He's gone out there because he was he's, he's challenging. Um, and, and that was one of the best performances. Absolutely outstanding. Again, if you missed it, go and get Box Nation. Do what you got to do. Stream it, whatever. Isaac Dogbo was fucking great. He was mint, man. Uh, listen, I know that you're waiting 
with bated breath for us to talk about Bell UA and the undercard uh, coming up this weekend. Don't worry, it's coming up later on the show. Make sure you stick around. There's a lot been going on in the world of boxing, actually. Before we move on from this Philly card, mm. can I ask you about the kid who stayed out, who stayed down? Fucking mega, that, that Desmond it? Nicholson. That was mega. So this was being built up. It was uh, Stevie Lillis, actually. I'd heard Stevie Lillis talking about it, and he was saying the whole of Philadelphia, never mind the world title fight, the whole of Philadelphia is fucking locked in for these two super middleweights, Jesse Hart, Desmond Nicholson. They were fighting for like a fucking NABF American super middleweight belt or whatever but basically it was the battle of Philadelphia mm-hmm. divided the city and everything and um, that Jesse Hart's a big fucking Jarrett haired looking motherfucker Nicholson looked quite cool in his black shorts and everything else Hart's well ahead but Nicholson starts coming back into it with uppercuts in the, in the round before it and then in the seventh round Hart lands like a weird glancing shot Nicholson looks like he's squatting to take his shit but doesn't actually touch down then the referee steps in because his, his back's turned, but he's like literally squatting as deep as you can. As he stands up, he t- his glove touches the ground, so there should have been a 10 count anyway, but the referee waves him back in. Nicholson's complaining over something. No idea what he was complaining about, but the referee's going, no, no, fight, fight, fight. Hirk piles after him. Basically, doesn't really land a clean shot, but Nicholson almost falls through the ropes, and he's now he's on the floor. Tries to go up, stumbles, but stays on his knees. And the referee's going like, six, seven, eight. He's still on his knees, so the referee stops counting and goes, get up. Come on, get up. And <laughs> Hart's running around on the opposite side of the ring like, oh, I'm, I'm celebrating, what the fuck? You've clearly just gone past 10. Yeah. And it's like six or seven seconds. He's going, get up. It was Come a on. 17 count. Get up. I was, was like, what are you count. fucking That's doing? That's what it was, yeah. And he, he gets up and he's still complaining, looking at his car. And then that, that was when the referee waved it off. It must have been 20 seconds until he actually waved it yeah, off or yeah. something like that. But weird, I've never seen that before. Ref had a bet on, mate. He had a bet on. He's like, well, get the fuck up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a TKO, bet on a TKO, not yeah. a KO. Yeah, yeah. But why, you know, he's remonstrating on his knee going, rah, 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 moaning about his ass went. And obviously, he didn't want to get up. Yeah, obviously, he didn't want the fight to continue. Yeah, but, he didn't uh, fancy it, man. Weird. Mm. Proper weird. Uh, a lot going on in the world of boxing this week. We're going to talk her follicles in a minute. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now we are. We're going to, we're going to squeeze it in. But first of all, I just want to clean something up because we managed, we were doing a radio show at the weekend, me and Nick, and we... Um, we spoke to Dillian White in great length. He's on his holidays at this moment in time, and we're speaking about the whole situation regarding the uh, the WBC mandatory in the heavyweight division. So Brazil is the WBC mandatory. He's number two with the WBC. Dillian White is number one. Dillian White has been called for an eliminator with Luis Ortiz, who's the number three, yeah. for a second mandatory position, which, one, I've never heard of in my entire life, and two, what's the fucking point? What is the point in racking up your kudos with a particular sanctioning body, getting to the top of the tree, becoming number one, yep. and then when they call a mandatory, yep. they call the number two. What's the whole point of that? Nonsense. It's nonsense. Dillian White's not injured. Dillian White hasn't missed the drug test or anything like that, as far as we know. There's been no information like that fed out. We spoke to Dillian at the weekend. He certainly didn't suggest anything had gone on, any issues. Why Why have they done it? It's kind of It's kind of like... They're, break, they're breaching their own rules. Mm. This is this is your man. You're, you're pushing the number two forward as a mandatory. Mm. The only way you do that is if the number one is unavailable. Yeah, yeah. Dillian told us the weekend he's fully available. He's ready to go. He wants to fight Deontay Wilder. And he's paid sanctioning fees up until this point. So, so how can they do that? And he's signed up for their t- drug testing program, WBC back drug testing program. Yeah, yeah. He's been paying for that. So that's why he me- again he mentioned at the weekend. He said he'd spoken to Eddie about it. And they're, they're looking to take the WBC to court over it now. Rightfully so, man. Of course they should. It's absolutely fucking shocking. Absolutely shocking. And all it is, it's clearly, from a fan's perspective, we can, and the media perspective, we can see what it is. Deontay Wilder would rather face a man that Anthony Joshua blew away um, quite comfortably than face a man that had a tough time. Had a tough time yeah. with Anthony Joshua. So he's like, why do I fuck up my Anthony Joshua golden ticket fighting... But that that should not be Deontay Wilder's choice. Mm. That should not be. Why are the WBC making that choice? So we've got to ask our questions now. Why are the WBC? Why why do they want the WBC champion to be Deontay Wilder? Clearly, they want him to be the champion because they they're helping him keep hold of that belt. That's mm. all I can see. Mm. That's all I can see. Uh, from Dillian's point of view, he's also in a decent situation with the IBF because that's been called as well uh, for the Kubrat Pulev fight. I'm led to believe that negotiations are already on with that, but that's by the by. It's irrelevant which which route he takes. He shouldn't be getting bummed over by the WBC. He should have a legitimate uh, conversation. If they're going to call him mandatory, he is the WBC number one. Therefore, he shouldn't be in final eliminators when they're pushing the number two forward to become the mandatory, which is absolute bullshit. Have we got? Has, has the UK got any WBC champions at the moment? 
Do you class Bellew as one still? Well, he's, he hasn't got the belt anymore, so no. As an emeritus? No, but he hasn't got the belt, has he? We haven't got any. We must have. I think the WBC have got a problem with British fighters holding their belts. Josh Taylor's taking that route. We'll get to him in a minute. He's taking WBC Could Callum route. Smith, number Cal- one contender for the WBC for fucking the last five years. It's mm. never, ever got the chance. And yet, the guys below him in the rankings have been the ones that have actually gone... Oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, Darrell, we'll do this, do no, that. I'm thinking oh, about move it. it. I don't know if we do. WBC, man, the fucking arseholes. Uh, WBA, IBA. Do it. I don't know We've if we do. We've had WBC champions in history. Of course don't get we do. Wrong. I don't know if we do. I don't think we have got a WBC champion right now. No. I don't believe we have in any weight division. All right. Look at you throwing a cat amongst They've the pigeons They've got a there. fucking issue with British fighters. Suleiman's. We'll get to the bottom of that. Yeah, we fucking will. Yes, we fucking Human. will. Listen, whilst we're on the WBC, Thurman's decided to vacate his welterweight title. Uh, he still is the WBA uh, welterweight champion. Obviously, he's injured at this moment in time, so therefore he's vacated his WBC belt. Guess who they're putting up? Danny Garcia, Sean Porter uh, are going to fight for the vacant belt, which might be another spanner in the works when it comes to Khan Brook later down the line, because I've no doubt Amir Khan will be chasing the victor. Yeah, absolutely. Um doesn't surprise me. I, mean, I ain't complaining over that fight being made, to I'm be honest not. with you. That's a perfectly good, uh, two perfectly good guys deserving of a WBC title shot. But it's, um, once again, we're back to Kelbrook chasing Amir Khan. Mm. Khan! <laughs> Khan! <laughs> Standing in the car park. Khan! Babby! Khan! It's not happening, is it? Poor Kel. It's not happening, mate. Uh, Liam Smith. He's out of his world title fight. May 12, yeah. we were all looking forward to this. Great, exciting time for Gallagher's gym, by the way, because this weekend, obviously, Paul Butler's in world title action. The week after, it was supposed to be Liam Smith uh, taking on Saddam Ali for the £154 WBO version of that title. It's not going to be. I tell you, it is going to be. It's going to be Jaime Munguia, the geezer that uh, Nevada turned down to uh, step in last minute for uh, Triple G. He has agreed to fight uh, Saddam Ali. Uh, for that belt, so therefore Liam Smith, I think Liam Smith and his team had said, "Listen, give us a month. We've uh, we we're obviously ill. I think he's had an allergic reaction, on he? a skin reaction, or something, something like, like that." that yeah. uh, so therefore, he said, "Give us a month. We'll get over this, and we'll be able to fight again." That's not happening. May the twelfth, Saddam Ali is going to be back in action. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Smith is still obviously the number one, and he will get his fight at some point. It's just not going to be, you guess, in the next three months or so, would you? Hope so. I just don't know how, what will this qualify us for the WBO. Will this qualify as a voluntary now, or will it still be registered as a mandatory? Because Ali's if it is, then it gets pushed like down. It's a it? mandatory, and if if they still go, tell you what, it's a replacement opponent, but we're still going to let you call it your mandatory because you were you were willing to fight Liam Smith. It's no fault of yours. Mm. Um, then that means Ali could well choose a, a a voluntary next, which means Liam Smith may not get his shot this year, mm. which is massively disappointing, and obviously why Joe wanted to move it back. Um, it to me, it made more sense moving it back a month. Do you know, when I first heard the news, and I hadn't, I'd sp- I was with Beefy the week before, and obviously, you know, it doesn't matter that I was with him a week before if he's had an allergic reaction. Um, but everything was fine, and he was looking forward to it. But when I heard the news, no, I was like, makes sense to be a month later because nobody wants to go head to head with Lomachenko versus Linares because that's big TV, and they're both in America, they're both in the fucking New York State. Yeah, yeah. So it made sense to push it back a month in terms of the listings. Um, but obviously it's a legit injury and Team Ali are, are keen to press ahead and obviously massively disappointed for, for Liam Smith. And It's nobody's fault. Shit happens. Of course. Listen, at the end of the day, it's pro sport and mm. he's got an allergic reaction. Shit happens and the fight, you know, he's got to be fit to fight because this is a world title fight and if mm. you lose a world title fight, it's fucking twice as hard to get back to it as well. Mm. I mentioned Josh Taylor's name a little bit earlier on, Victor Postol. We spoke to Barry McGuigan at the weekend. i tell you something, the matchmaking there is absolutely sensational. They're taking the WBC route. Now, the WBC uh, in this particular division, or just in this division in, in general, is a little bit up in the air at the moment because obviously Terence Crawford vacated all the belts. Um, I don't think there's an IBF or a WBO champion. There's a WBA one, uh, and the WBC is kind of a little bit weird at the moment because you've got Progress, who's the interim champion. You've got Ramirez, who's the full champion. They've been mandated to fight each other in order to get rid of that interim belt, so therefore Progress and Ramirez will have a little bit of a knock and we'll have a proper WBC champion. In the meantime, there's an eliminator to fight the winner of that, Mm -hmm. that being obviously the former champion in Victor Postal, who lost to Terence Crawford, if you remember, and he will uh, be taking on Glasgow's own, Scotland's own. The main man. Mate, what a fucking step up in class again. 
Give him, give, give Barry his due. Like <laughs> they're not scared of putting Josh in with anybody, are they? Don't give a fuck. Absolutely tough as nails, Postal. I say he's lost once, and that was on points to Terence Crawford, mm. who is the fucking man, by the way. So sensational, you know. It, Delighted, it's in Glasgow. Oh, unreal. Unreal. Listen, they've had to pay him. They've had to pay oh, Postal good money to come all the way to Glasgow. But I hope the Scottish fans are, are aware what the fuck is going on here because Josh Taylor, if you beat Victor Postal, if he can do a number on Postal, there's only one one way. You've got to get your world title fight after that. Mm. And then he's mixing with the big boys. The proper lads. Jesus. Well, to be honest, Victor Postal's the proper lads. Yeah, he is a proper lad. It's yeah. fucking insane. He's the former champ. He's the former champ. He held this belt before Terence Crawford took it off him. He held this belt. Absolutely unbelievable. And just shows you the balls on both Barry and and, and Josh Taylor, you know, for the... Josh Taylor don't give a fuck, mate. Last time we interviewed him, he was telling us about getting whacked in the face with a golf golf club. Yeah, exactly. Shattered his jaw, and he didn't go down. That's that's his pride. That's honestly, that's his that's his thing. That was his claim to fame. His claim to fame is that yeah, his cousin, his female cousin, wasn't it? His cousin whacked him in the face with a golf stick. Right, shattered his jaw, and he didn't go down. I'm on his fucking nails, mate. Yeah, sound. What he said. Absolute sound. If you don't, if you've never heard that interview, go down like your list of fight disciples. Uh, previous interviews, you'll see the Josh Taylor one. Go and have a look at the Josh Taylor one. It's absolutely hilarious. June twenty third, though, man. That's, yeah. that, if that's not a reason to fucking go to Glasgow, I don't know what is. No, gonna that's be a hell of a fight. Absolutely tremendous. Uh, quick one on Rocky Fielding because a lot of people I see keep asking about Rocky. So the situation with Rocky is that he was supposed to be fighting Ramirez, yeah, who is the WBO super middleweight champion. And June... Excellent, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's tremendous. Very, he's very tremendous. Uh, June the thirtieth was the date. Texas was the venue. It, yeah. w- it was near enough nailed on. However, all this crap that's been going on with Callum Smith and George Groves has kind of put a little bit of a spanner in the works uh, because Ramirez is the first reserve on the World Boxing Super Series uh, kind of. hit list. Unofficially, but yeah, he is. Listen, I know it's unofficial, but we'll fucking tell you the truth. This is the way it is, right? So George Groves, at this moment in time, we don't know whether the George Groves and Callum Smith fight is going ahead. Um, I've been told that August the 5th is the very, 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 very last day that it can happen. Potentially. Yeah. Obviously, he's popped his shoulder, he's back in training, there's rumours that it might be July 7th or July 14th. Hopefully it's one of those, so therefore we get George Groves and we get Callum Smith because we need that for the World Boxing Super Series to come to a conclusion with that. We need a world title on the line. Yep. And the World Boxing Super Series appreciate that as well, yep. all right? So therefore, Ramirez is probably the only other world champion available at this moment in time to step in if George Groves is not available. Ramirez, therefore, has kind of... He's on that waiting list as to see what is going on. So, therefore, the Rocky Fielding fight has kind of been put on hold, which is a shame yeah. for Rocky because he's in a bit of a waiting game. But then I've seen this week that the IBF have issued another final eliminator with his name on it for that Caleb Plant guy. Yeah. Caleb Plant is the guy that was uh, gobbing off, if you remember, in the Caleb Truax fight yeah. with, uh, James with James DeGale. Yeah. So, there's a, an IBF route as well for Rocky. Yeah. What I liked about Rocky this week on social media, and then I disliked, Rocky, if you're listening, right, Um he he sent a tweet to James DeGale. Poked a bit of fun at James Yeah, Gale. he poked a bit of fun at James DeGale. And I thought, go on, Rocky, lad. This is what it's all about. Poked a little bit of fun saying, listen, don't go vacating that title now that I'm coming, right? And then James DeGale bit back. He said, what? Because of you? You got smashed off Callum Smith and all this type of stuff. And then Rocky kind of backed down and was apologetic towards his original tweet. And I thought, no, Rock! No! Stay on the mic. Yep. Give him shit. Think that's how you make fights. Give him shit. Nobody cares, Rocky. Yep. Skip ahead of. I know you're a lovely lad. I, you're a mate of ours. You're a lovely top lad. Beers, top family man. No problem with him whatsoever. But yep. this is the twat business. Too we, nice. We've got to be a bit nice. of a twat every now and again. Too nice. You, if I, I still still baffles me that a lot of boxers can't see the woods for the trees and can't realise that it's the people with the mouths, it's the Conor McGregor's, the Tony Bellews, the, it's these type of fighters that get the big fights and get the big money because they don't give a fuck. Now, for me, Rocky kind of backed down in that in that argument, exchange, of, in yeah. that exchange. That's the best way to put it. The exchange with James the Gale. I think initially. In hindsight, he was he was having a bit of fun, going, "Oh, don't don't go giving it up now." Basically, a way of going, I, "I'm I'm, I'm coming. in the mix now." I'm yeah. coming. But I, I think it was tinged with like I don't think he ever thought he was going to give it up, or there was anything like that. And I don't think it was even Rocky calling him out for a fight. I think he was just having a bit of fun with James DeGale. But clearly, by James DeGale's comeback, yeah. James DeGale and Rocky Fielding aren't friends. 
they're not mates. They're not stable mates. They don't spar together. Yeah. They haven't got a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky was just trying to be cool and have a bit of fun. James has bit on it and go like, you cheeky bastard. How the fuck you dare speak to me like that? And instead of Rocky going, okay, then let's start a fight then. Fuck you. Get rid of the two Caleb's. And by the way, Caleb, why have we suddenly got two Caleb's? No. I've never heard the name Caleb in my life. Like fucking buses. Now two come along at once, top contenders. But Rocky Fielding could have skipped ahead of both them fuckers by going... Fuck them off, fight me then, you shit house, and, and gone to town on James the Gale. Should have done. Absolutely gone to town on him. He because the Gale would have probably gone to his management team. Fuck them two Caleb's off. Get Rocky Field. He got battered by Cam Smith. I'll do the same. That's an easy fight. Get him down to London and I'll fight him. Then Rocky Fielding gets his world title fight. Because you know why? Clearly they're not mates because you can tell by the back and forth yep. from James the Gale. James the Gale ain't paying Rocky Field his mortgage. James the Gale ain't gonna. He don't give a shit. Ain't gonna be at Rocky Fielding's wedding. He ain't gonna fucking be there with the Christian. He ain't. He ain't his mate. In the, in the whole world of Rocky Fielding, James the Gale is a meal check. He is a fuck. That is it. So who gives a fuck whether he likes you or not, Rock? Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck whether you're mates or not? That's it. He's a meal check. Just call him out. Call him for everything. Rocky, give me your Twitter feed. Honest to God. Give me fuck. your login. He, that, I'll get you a world title. James fight. the Gale biting then. That was an invitation. Mate. That was the door. He kicked the doors open. Yeah, I know. All Rocky had to do then was go for him, and the whole of every boxing All he fan in the to country do was call him a shit house. Popcorn emoji. That's Here it. we go. That's it. Here Let's we go. Fuck you, shit house. I'll take it. Exactly. It, but instead, he backed down, didn't mm. he? Oh, you know, sorry about that, James. Fuck that. That yeah. is not how you pay your mortgage. That is not how you change your life. That's it. That's why Rocky Fielding's still waiting for the world title fight. Listen, this I love what? Rocky to bits. We were talking to him the other week. Yeah, he's a good boy. One of the nicest fellas in the world. Probably too nice for boxing. That's the problem. But he did the right thing there. But the door was open and he fucking gently closed it again. That's a new business idea for us. We should go into the line. Social media accounts. Running social media accounts for boxers who are too nice. There's loads of them out there. Loads of nice lads. I've never met. I've never really met a shit. Apart from Bronner. I've met a few. (laughs) But you know... If you're out there and you need a little bit of help with your social media, doesn't, get listen, yourself a it scrap. Does, it doesn't matter. Send if, it to the fight disciples. It doesn't matter if for real you're an Adrian Broner, you're an absolute dickhead. Because I know loads that aren't. I know loads who are as nice as Rocky Fielding. Yeah. But act like Broner to get what they want. Yeah. Bellew is the biggest example to everybody. Yeah. He is the biggest example. He's the nicest fella in the world. But give him a social media account and an agenda to get a next fight and watch him watch him let loose mm. it's insane I just I was so disappointed you you messaged me and was like have you seen what's going on and I was like oh here we go and then I was like oh no no know, because I don't want to see James the girl fight Caleb fucking Tuax or Caleb Fishmonger or whatever his name is <laughs> I'm getting, Caleb Plant I don't give a fuck I want to see James the girl fight Rocky Fielding mm. that's a better fight for the UK winner fights George Groves Callum Smith winner perfect did you, did you see what I did there with the show for, for those that are listening now right I've I've just planted enough seed there to get the scouts. Plant. No, no, I, pl- I planted a little bit of a seed there to get the scouts all revved up because we're talking hair follicles next, right? Because I know oh that this gets God. him going even more. So if you if you're listening to us, I don't know, on a on a decent volume level at this moment in time, maybe just turn it down a touch because it's going to get a little bit louder. You won't need extra volume here. Maybe if you're sat, if you're watching or listening to this on the train or something, someone next to you is going to be able to get the full episode, right? Because <laughs> here we go. Uh, the Canelo situation's taken another turn this week. They cleared, they've cleared his name. He hasn't cheated, mate. Bollocks. Air follicles. They've had their air follicle test. They're going to do a lie detector. It's turning into Jeremy Kyle, mate, just to prove that he had tainted meat and therefore he's sound. Yeah? You disgusting. agree with that, don't you? Oh, fuck. Absolutely disgusting. What's the matter with you? The guy was drug tested in February and had clenbuterol, raised levels yeah. of clenbuterol yeah. in the system. Because he had a cow. Yeah, bollocks. Then he tested his B sample, mm. which is the appeals process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that had traces yeah, in it as that, well. That's because he was... He that's had, it. Yeah, because he had a cow and it was no, less. That's it, man. He had less milligrams in that second you, set. You, you can't now go and test the hair follicle and go, yeah. oh, yeah, it's fine. There's no clenbuterol in his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was February. Yeah, but that proves... It's now that, fucking May. That proves that he's not been shagging a sheep. That's it's what it proves. Unreal. It's absolute fucking nonsense. No, no, he's clean. Nonsense. Clean. Nonsense. Stop fucking winding me up. Forget the size of his head. Forget the size of his body. He's clean as a fucking whistle, that Mexican, let me tell you. Absolute nonsense. Woo, yeah. The world woke up and stopped talking shit mm. I'll tell you what was funny having a conversation with Paulie Malinaji about that you're funny but having a chat with him about it because then he goes off on, and calls out every man and his dog that's been cheating down the years that he says I'm Manny Pacquiao Manny Pacquiao how can a grown man go through eight weight divisions <laughs> in, a, in, in an adult body and not be on something I'm telling you now man I'm telling you now we just didn't catch him <laughs> <laughs> the words of Paulie Malinaji not yeah. Adam Catterall just to point out alright uh, but he did he went in on everybody I think everybody's got an opinion on obviously drug cheats in, in this game I'd rather people just came out and said listen 
Yeah? Fair play, everybody. You got me. Right? It ain't gonna happen again. Just do that, rather than blaming fucking cows in Mexico. It's absolute fucking nonsense, a lot of it. Absolute nonsense. And they'll do anything they possibly can. Lie detective. Jeremy Cowman. They'll Cowman. do everything they can to clear this kid. And he's a cheat. Mm. He's a cheat. He should have got a two-year ban. Do you know he what? He should I... be out the sport for two years. I'll tell you what I want to see, right? But he'll fight in September. Yeah, September. And you know what? He'll fight someone like fucking Spike O'Sullivan. He'll fight, so he'll fight someone like that. Now, what I want and to then see... we'll get G- Triple G rematch for Cinco de Mayo next year. Right. A, year, what... to, a what... year this week, we'll, well get it. I'll tell you what I want to see then. When they do make the Triple G fight, this is what I want to see. I want to see Triple G, right, in the Jeremy Cowell seat. I want, I want to see Canelo hooked up to a lie detector machine. Forget your gloves are off. Stick that up your ass, right? <laughs> this is what I want to see. I want to see Triple G questioning Canelo on a lie detector. <laughs> that's what I want. Let's make that happen. That, that's a lovely little bit of extra. Johnny Nelson will be there as well. Have a bit of a crack with it all. <laughs> that would be good, actually. It would actually be good. It'd be very good. It'd be tremendous. But it's, it's bullshit, isn't it? It's absolute bullshit. No, he's clean. Fuck off. Hair follicles came back. He's clean as a whistle. Bullshit. Hair follicles. I spoke to Dan Raphael. He says he's clean. Yeah, he's, he's just as fucking bad as a lot of them. Him. He's, he's dug in like a tick. He is. He's getting a wage off the Nevada State Commission, the shit he's putting <laughs> out there. You, mate, I'm just fishing. Fuming, Look at you. Bite him, yeah. Reeling him in. Here he is. Whoa, we got a big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this weekend, myself and Nick will be ringside at the O2 Arena because Nick's mate's fighting David Hay once again. Hey, it is Bellew Hay 2. And we've said it right, that. Bellew Hay 2. In that order uh, at the O2 Arena. I'm going to be honest with you, mate, right? Mm. I'm going to lay this down now. I'm going to lay it right down. I'm a lot more nervous this time than I was last time. Are you? A lot more. First time, I knew Bellew was going to win. Yeah. I just knew it. Yeah. I didn't know. I, all right. People will go, ah, he's, he's like turned to spaghetti and all that type of stuff. It was irrelevant for me. Bellew was winning that fight. Yeah. I knew he was going to win it. This time, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I still think, I, th- I think the narrative is exactly the same. I think Hayes got four rounds. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's exactly the same. But I think for those four rounds, he's going to be a bit more fucking switched on, mate. He can't be as bad as he was last time because he came in, he took him lightly. He thought he would blow just him away. Up. He, he just thought he was going to blow him away. He can't. He, uh, he knows now that he can't blow this kid away. He's got to be a lot more precise with his work. Yeah. I don't know where his body's at. That's one of the big caveats, and that's always going to be a caveat with David Hay. I don't know where he's, whether his shoulder's right, whether his ankle's right, whether his bicep's right. I don't know. Yeah, he's eight. He's got. Uh, he's thirty-seven now, isn't he? I don't know whether he's he's at it. He keeps telling us that he were at it, but he told us last time he was at it that he was in mint condition. So I don't know where he is at physically. If he's anywhere near one hundred percent, and mentally, he's at one hundred percent because if you look at him, he's 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 a lot calmer. He seems a lot calmer for now. It's now it's Monday lunchtime. Right. He seems a lot calmer. Let's see how he is tonight in Liverpool at the at the Liverpool press conference. That'll be interesting to see. I'll see if he can keep us cool then. Tony has to get under his skin this got week. Got to, yeah. And he will. I think he will. We've got to see a reaction, man. We've got to uh, see him back. You know what? We've got to see him back. We've got to see I the mask. We We've got I'll to see be, the mask drop. I'll be surprised if Hay keeps us cool in Liverpool today because he's going to get some shit in Liverpool today because don't forget last, last year he was calling scousers for everything and he was saying, put all your money on Tony Bellew and all that stuff. You'll all lose your money. And he was, you know, he was literally having a go at people in the crowd. So it's going to be like a bear pit at this press conference tonight in Liverpool. It's not um, a press conference, man. It's well, a it's fucking a, it's fan, a fan rally. rally. It's, it's a fan rally, yeah. It is, it's like it's, a it's, fucking it's, political it's one rally. Of these, it's one of these matchroom slash Sky Sports fan rallies, isn't Nothing it? Nothing to do with press. We could turn up, we're never getting a question. Exactly. Yeah. We have to go backstage to chat to our boys. Exactly. But I think the Liverpool crowd will be up for it, and I think because they realise how important it is that Bellew gets under his skin, that Hay reverts the type. Because uh, uh, Hay with a sore head, Hay with the, with the, with the red mist coming down, and swinging for the fences, that's what we've got to see again on Saturday for Tony Bellew to be able to win this fight. I think if if David A turns up 100% laser-focused, working behind his jab, picking his shots, and I think he will be like that for the first three or four yeah, I rounds, think he will. I think it, it's, it makes it a torrid time for Tony Bellew. I think Bellew will probably have to get off the floor in the first three rounds, but he will get off the floor in the first three rounds. But I think about five or six, mate. It'll change again. You are painting the exact picture in my head. Yeah, it'll change again. And I think David Hay 
Once it gets past five rounds, he'll start loading up more. He won't be able to keep pumping he'll out get that desperate gap because, because he, he, w- physically, yeah. he physically can't box the way he did 10 years ago. He's got to try and get Bellew out of there because once it gets past the mid-rounds, it's Bellew's fight. Hay will just be swinging for the fences at that point. I think that's when you'll see Tony Bellew push forward a lot more. You know, everyone was saying, oh, he was injured. He couldn't even get an injured man out of there. Injured man with a fucking certainly dangerous punch. He's just standing against the ropes. Bellew's never trained like that. He's never fought anyone like that. No, you don't get in there against someone with, with only one leg in sparring yeah. and go, I'm just going to tee off with you. And by the way, the guy coming back could knock you out with one punch. It makes it even worse because yeah, yeah. suddenly your game plan's out the window. Yeah, You're yeah. thinking, wait a minute, these are the rounds when I was supposed to be working this and doing that and working the body and slipping shots. But don't forget in the first fight how many times Bellew took Hayes' big punches mm. and walked through them, mm. breezed them off. He was a lot faster than David Hay. He was a lot more clinical than David Hay. His punch output was a lot bigger. And more than anything, what shocked everyone is Bellew met Hay in the centre of the ring and he will meet him in the centre of the ring again on Saturday. Mm. He won't try and run. He won't try and pinch the fight. Yes, the first four to five rounds, Team Bellew will be like, we're going to be behind. That's fine. Because there's another seven rounds to turn things around. And I think he will have to climb on the floor. It will go to the championship rounds. And I think by the time we get to the 10th, it will be all to play for. And I think that is when Bellew mm. will come to life. And I w- I, I'm going to predict Hay hitting the floor in 11 or 12. Getting up, but hitting the floor in 11 or 12. And that being critical. And Bellew winning on points. There you go. Right. You've kind of said exactly what is in my head. I think Tony has to get off the deck. But I think he stops David Hay in the 11th. All right, okay. I think Hale'll get up. I think Hale'll get up. But he'll lose on points because of that knockdown. That'll be the game changer. I think Bellew, I've got Bellew winning by two or three rounds and purely down to the knockdown in the, in the 11th or the 12th. There you go. It's going to be so fucking exciting. There. It's going to be so exciting. Do you know something? I'm so glad that we're not sat next to each other. Yeah, no, because your back couldn't take it. Mate, whenever me and you go to a Bellew fight, it's a fucking nightmare. Absolute nightmare. You're like a little child. <laughs> You're it's, a hooligan. It's, it's prof- you are a hooligan. My you sat in the fucking press seats. A hooligan. Everybody else is sat down with the laptops going, I'll just write, uh, doing an You're not. You don't, you're not even fucking working. You're just sat there <laughs> on your seat, blocking everybody's view, jumping, up, jumping all over the gaff. I'm like, sit down. No, that was uh, that was just Goodison Park because that was the dream. That was Bellew's dream. Mm. And I'd shared that dream with him for 10 years through interviewing him, writing about it and everything else. It'll be different in London. There's a job to do in London. Um, Mate, you're not sitting down. There's no fucking chance, right? Obviously, I'm doing a radio show which is covering this, live commentary. He'll be on the fucking programme. He'll be on the desk, right? (laughs) So if you're going to be listening to this on the radio, 100% you will hear this clown in the background, no question about it, because you normally sat right behind me anyway. You will be in there, won't you? It's going to be... It's going to be entertaining, put it that way. It's going to be a lot more... I think the first fight was more tinged with, like, just bonkers, craziness. Yeah, it was mental. Uh, It was a fan-man type job, whereas this fight, I don't think it will be as mental. Do you think... But it will be ultra-competitive. Do you think the reversal of ring walks or anything like that plays any factor in this whatsoever? I don't think... Well, certainly not with with Bellew. Not at all. He couldn't give a fuck what colour his gloves are, what his ring music is, whether he yeah. walks first or second. Yeah. Honestly, it genuinely makes no odds to Tony Bellew whatsoever. But it does to David Hay. That will annoy him. It will annoy David Hay having to stand in the ring and wait for Tony Bellew. If you remember last time as well, Hay's ring walk took about fucking 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was in his dressing room and he was halfway through the song and then he finally come out and the song changed again and he was walking like ridiculously slowly. But Bellew was just dancing away. I can't see Hay, because because it's a matchroom show as well. They love Bellew. They'll be fucking hamming it up. They'll have pyrotechnics going at everything for Bellew. They'll drop it. They'll have fireworks going off. Bomber, blah, blah, blah. They'll have to full it. Do you reckon they'll have Big Nasty on? Quite possibly. Get him in from fucking Ultimate Boxer at the weekend. That's what you want. Effing in the jacket. Everybody on the left say C. I'm... I'm I'm just. A, I'm, um, You're I'm not re- even saying it. Yourself. I'm not saying it myself because my mum's listening to the show, right? <laughs> but who on live fucking telly? And then I've just dropped an F bomb. <laughs> Good lad. Big nasty. Yeah. Uh, anyway, should be an absolute cracker. Uh, you'll have all the fallout to that on next week's show. Just co-main the, as well. Oh, main more than the co-main because we've got Butler in the fight of the year contender with Rodriguez for yeah, the. Uh, that's going to be unbelievable, by the way. His IBF belt that he relinquished. And we've spoken to us on many occasions about having regrets about relinquishing that in order to step down in weight to become a, a world champion at a different weight category and then run into Zolani Tete. Yeah. Um, 
It's a huge, huge fight, this, and it's not a gimme. That's the thing. You look God at it, God. and you might not know too much about Emmanuel Rodriguez. You look at it, and you think to yourself, ah, oh, Butler will smash that, and then obviously we might get Butler and Burnett at some point, or McDonald, or the World Boxing Super Series. Well, that is it. That is the carrot that is dangling. It is going to be bantamweights in the World Boxing Super Series. And I know it's a world title, and I know he's probably getting a few quid, but there's a lot more money in the World Boxing Super Series and every fighter in the bantamweight division wants to be in that next year and you get in there by becoming a world champion. There's a lot of pressure on Butler this weekend, isn't there? Yeah, but there's a lot of pressure on Emmanuel Rodriguez as well. You know, I'm kind of glad this fight's not happening. This this one fight is not happening on Merseyside because I think that would have put the extra pressure on Butler. I think the fact that he's going to London, he will feel like... Um, you know the outside fighter, fighter as much as as much as Rodriguez will. Well, obviously not as much as Rodriguez, but the good thing is here, Emmanuel Rodriguez has never fought outside of uh, the US or Costa Rica, mm. um, so it will be a culture shock to him. Um, and I think Paul Butler now it's time to live up to all the talk that Joe Gallagher tells us. You know, Joe Gall- Joe Gallagher tells us that Paul Butler is like the fucking most talented kid he's had come through his doors. So mm. we've got to see that at the weekend. I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be a really tough fight. I think we will. Rodriguez is super powerful, but I think we could see a clinic from Paul Butler. I, th- I think he, we, he could run away with this on points. Yeah, but I think I don't right think he runs end, away. Rodriguez is tough right to the end. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two rounds Butler. I'm gonna go four or five to Butler. I'm a little bit more confident just because I think Rodriguez has got it all to prove coming away from home. But mm. when you've got 12 knockouts and 17 wins, one thing you can't take away is Rodriguez's power. And I think Butler's just got to be super wary of that throughout the whole fight. Uh, my favorite person in the whole world. Uh, what's going on here? He's fighting as well. Oh shit! Yeah, he yeah. Is. This is my first running with him since that podcast uh, so uh, George Joyce is taking on Lenroy Thomas for the Commonwealth Strap in the heavyweight yeah, division family <laughs> I hope Joe walks out to that yeah, yeah. I'll fucking crease myself laughing what's if going he does. on here <laughs> anyway Joe Joyce Lenroy Thomas it's a decent little knot this but I, th- I fully anticipate Joe uh, Joyce if he's anything that, uh, if, David if, if he doesn't, this. if he doesn't blow away Lenroy Thomas, then he then he ain't the prospect that yeah, absolutely. We're being told he is. Yeah, he should he should walk through him like a dose of salts and then get on the mic and uh, maybe make a little bit of noise towards some other fighters that he wants to fight. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to you know, Jamie Cox and uh, John Ryder's on this undercard. You know, yeah. What did I come? I was chatting to a few a few media's media darlings about this the other day, and they were very much split. I, I'm 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 firmly in the Jamie Cox camp myself. Mm-hmm. Like I think Cox is. Got way more skin, skill than John Ryder. I think John Ryder's brave, don't get me wrong. But you, pr- you prefer Cox? I think Cox... <laughs> You're such a fucking child. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that where we've sank to on this? This is award-winning shit, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yes, so, yes, I prefer Jamie Cox yeah. in this fight. Thank right, you. There you go. You got it. Pete prefers Cox. <laughs> I think I'm with you. I like Cox, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've always known that anyway. Mm. Uh, and my, but my prospect of the year, obviously, on the undercard, oh, Jordan turn, Gill. You're turning up to one of his fights. Jordan Gill. That's amazing. Prospect Nick. of the year. Calls him prospect of the year, doesn't see him fight till May. Fucking hell. <laughs> He's been out six times. <laughs> <laughs> the real deal, Jordan. Cannot wait to see him in action. Forget him. Boatsy's fighting, mate. Boatsy's. Well, you know, Boatsy's quality, isn't he? Obviously, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Boatsy as well, no, no doubt. It should be good, man. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be, be good. good. Uh, there you go. That's the O2 Arena, uh, Saturday night. I've no doubt you'll be locked in, whether it's TV, whether it's radio. You'll get all the uh, fallout from us uh, on next week's show, and hopefully Bell you does the business. So we'll have him on the show once again. And make sure you check our social media out, by the way. Um, especially the Facebook page, because there's a At Home with uh, Tony Bellew that we did a couple of months back, of which we're going to be uh, reposting for you, so you can have a little bit of a nosy. Uh, now, normally, I would be flipping on to the biggest fight in world boxing at this moment in time, Triple G Canelo, but it got pulled because uh, uh, Canelo had some tainted meat. Yep. And isn't a cheat. Fuck you. Um, so, therefore, Triple G now is fighting uh, Vanes Matarosian, uh, a fight that I really don't give a fuck about. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. Don't give a shit. I'm not staying up. No. Nope. I'll watch it the morning after. Yeah. Which is a shame because I was buzzing for this weekend. Buzzing for it. We, we'll go, we planned it. Canelo, you dickhead. We planned it. We were going down to the O2. We we're going to have a right old do. We we're going to have a couple of beers afterwards. Then we we're going to pile into a bar to watch the fight of the year. Part two. Nah, mate. I'm going to have a taco to celebrate is what I'm going to fucking do. Um, 
frustrating in it because massively frustrating. You know, it, 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 massively it should be it should be the biggest fight of the year, obviously. So getting yourself motivated now to watch uh, to watch this guy come in and and get put away by Golovkin, as you say, it's a it's a social media fight. It's a, in first thing Sunday morning now, isn't it? You flick your Twitter on, watch the highlight of Golovkin getting the finish. I don't think it goes more than twelve minutes, mate. No, I would be surprised if it goes more than five rounds. You know, you know, Matosian's coaches. Ronda Rousey's coach. No. Edmund Tarverian. Is he? That's his boxing coach, oh, yeah. for fuck's sake. That's his coach. It's not going more than six from, minutes. From Glendale, yeah. This is, he's one of the Armenians that trains out of Glendale in California, so Edmund Tarverian's uh, collection of Armenian boxers that he's got there, yeah, that's it. Matsovian's one of his lads, so. Um, you know what? Sometimes, like, when this shit happens, like, your last-minute replacement, you think, oh, you know, could be a bit of an upset there. Like, the said no. the Mali thing, that could be a bit of an upset there. That kid's yeah, not yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. But Matsozian ain't going to get, ain't going to put a dent in Golovkin. Golovkin's going to absolutely steamroll and uh, get on the mic and... Give Canelo some give, shit. Give Canelo some shit and just build that fight up even bigger for next year. Mm. There you go. That's your boxing this weekend. Hope you enjoy that. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure once again being in your company. You can get us on iTunes, Fight Disciples. That's where we are. Going to have a little bit of a nosy. Loads of episodes for you uh, coming up this week as we build up towards Bellew Hair Part 2 at the O2 Arena in London. Uh, you can get us on all social medias as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.